Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. If you need more hockey news every day, then Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in game recaps on Locked On NHL. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, June 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can leave me a review as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good afternoon everyone. Happy Monday. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Hope you all had a terrific weekend, even though it's getting quite hot out there. Summer all of a sudden is like smack dab in our faces. The humidity recently has been killer. But getting into some Blackhawks stuff now on the podcast, um, sadly, there just has not been a whole lot of news coming out in the past couple of days. It's just that time of the summer in the NHL, unless you're one of the four teams that are still playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. By the way, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights the Montreal Canadiens, New York Islanders, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, all for advancing on to the Stanley Cup playoff semifinals. The final four teams left in the postseason. Not sure if I'm going to get into any of that stuff on the show here today. We're a little bit jam-packed on time. So if not, I'll definitely get into all of that either on tomorrow's episode or certainly sometime later on this week. Game one between Tampa Bay and New York yesterday, though, by the way, that was a great start to the series with the Isles coming away with a 2-1 to upset victory. Game 1 between Montreal and Vegas is also tonight at 8pm Central Time. But what I'm going to be starting with the show today actually is going to be Pia Suter's 2021 season recap. With today also being a Mailbag Monday episode on Lockdown Blackhawks, I'm going to save that for the last segment of the show and then I'll actually start today with a 2021 season recap. So for Suter, 2021 was a pretty strong offensive season for the 25-year-old Swiss rookie. Obviously, he had uh, a very similar path to the NHL of current teammate Dominic Kubelik. They both went from being the MVP in the NLA over in Switzerland to then signing on for a one-year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. And for Suter, I knew a lot of people were going to have a you know, some high expectations for him, and we're going to hope he was going to have a similar rookie year to Kubelik, but I knew that was going to be a lot to ask out of Suter. Not because I was down on his skill set or anything. I just, I mean, repeating what Kubelik did in 2019-20, where he had, what, 
30 goals in 68 games played. Doing that, you know, as a rookie, for that to happen to the Chicago Blackhawks for consecutive years out of a rookie, you know, at least in my opinion, I, I just didn't see that happening. So I didn't have, you know, that kind of specific expectation or anything for Suter when he first started off the season. But I was pretty impressed with what I saw from him right away, especially out of a first-year player in the NHL. Overall, on the season, Suter wound up playing in 55 of the Blackhawks' 56 games. I remember he was randomly healthy scratched in, like, the final five or ten games or something. But in those 55 games played, Suter was, he was pretty productive. He finished with 14 goals and 13 assists for 27 points, which was not only fourth on the Blackhawks, but also fourth among all NHL rookies this season. Only Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov, New Jersey's Igor Sharangovich, and Ottawa's Timmy Stutzla bested Suter in that category. Personally, I feel like a large part of that could be due to Suter, you know, spending a lot of time on the top line with Patrick Kane this season. But at the same time, I got to give Suter credit because early on, early on in the year when, um, you know, Taze was out, Kirby Doc was out, and really the Blackhawks were kind of, it was like a musical chairs of who was going to play with Patrick Kane on that top line. Uh, I got to give credit to Suter because he was really the guy who, um, got off to that good start and really established that chemistry along with Kaner early on in the season. Everyone, as I said, everyone had their opportunity, but Suter was the one I felt cashed in and made the most of it. So got to give credit where credit is due. Um, even though it wasn't, you know, uh, again, a Kubalik-like year out of Suter, it's clear he showed that there's something there, and I definitely think, you know, he's deserving of a contract extension from the Blackhawks this offseason. It's worth a second look at him in the future. Then, looking at a couple of his other numbers that uh, stood out to me, only 14 penalty minutes, which is, you know, always good to see out of a center, a guy who's responsible defensively or has to be responsible defensively. Not a whole lot of penalties or not a whole lot of time spent in the box for Suter, which is good to see out of a rookie. Also, out of his 14 goals this season, 13 were scored at even strength. Only one power play goal for Suter in 2021. So, um, told me a couple things. One, when he did get time on the man advantage, which wasn't too often, he was usually out there with a the second unit. And also, it tells me that this kid, he was pretty productive at 5-on-5 five five this year. And uh, a part of that, I believe is because he shot 12.5%, which is pretty sharp for a first-year player. It's not, again, it's not Kubelik's, uh near 20% season that he had last year, but 12.5%, uh, that's that's a better year than I've seen from a, a couple of guys I've broken down already here on the show this year. So, not bad there from Suter in that department either. Uh, Suter also averaged 16 minutes and 20 seconds of ice time per game, which was fourth, again, among all Blackhawks forwards this season. Only Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, and Kirby Doc, when he was healthy, averaged more time than Suter did. So to me, <clears throat> to me at least, that shows kind of um, what Jeremy Colleton and, and kind of how they already feel about Pia Suter, even as a rookie in the NHL. Uh, I know Doc wasn't there for most of the year, and then obviously everyone knows about the Taze situation, 
But for Suter to average more ice time than Kubalik, Strom, and Kampf, you know, all three of those guys right off the bat, that that shows me a lot about how the, the team feels about Pia Suter or um, <clears throat> at least how much confidence they have in him at a young age. And for the most part, I mean, I agree with why they feel that way. There were times where... Uh, I felt like, you know, Dylan Strom should have been playing as our top-line center. But at the same time, I mean, Strom really didn't do anything to earn that job while Suter came right in and I felt made an impact and, and showed everyone that, you know, he can play at this level. Maybe not top-line minutes right away, but the Blackhawks really didn't have any other choice. And I think, you know, with how Suter fared this season, I thought he played better than... uh most people would have expected and gave the Blackhawks an opportunity to win. And that's, you know, that's the most important thing with our, with, you know, heading into the year, looking like we are going to be without our top two senators for the uh, top two centers, excuse me, for the majority of the campaign, you know, you got to give Suter credit. And, uh, I-, I thought he handled, handled a top line role well for being a rookie. So for Suter, I mean, Taking all of this into consideration, oh, I also wanted to be sure to mention that um, getting into some of his analytics, I think they're a little bit more important for a center. Looking at his numbers, he was on the ice for 39 goals, 4 to 43 against at even strength, and he also was used mostly in the offensive zone. 58.2% of his zone starts this season were in the offensive zone, and also Suter only won 42.6% of his faceoffs. But as a rookie in the NHL, I mean, I never really judge first-year players for struggling in that department. You know that's going to take a little bit of time to get uh, comfortable and adjusted to. So overall, I think I'm going to give Pia Suter a B-plus for his performance in 2021. Fourth among all NHL rookies in points. Also fourth on the Blackhawks in points. I know the faceoff and the defensive numbers weren't the best, but considering how um, he had to come in right away and play a top-line role from Game 1, essentially, you know, that's a lot to ask out of a, a 24- or 25-year-old first-year player. Um, and also, a, a big part of this, too, I think, the opportunity probably wasn't quite what Pia Suter expected when he signed on with the team. Um, you know, playing on the top line for the Chicago Blackhawks with Patrick Kane, uh, fourth on the team in ice, in ice time. Um, I mean, I'm sure he, he's not going to complain about any of that stuff, but when he signed the contract, he probably didn't imagine that he was going to be the top line center for this team in three months. So, um, considering all of that, you know, I thought Suter. I thought he held his own pretty well, particularly on the offensive side of things. I thought he moved the puck well in the offensive zone. Um, he had the ability to make things happen off the cycle. And as I said earlier, I definitely think he played well enough to earn a second look for the Blackhawks in the future. You know, there, there's definitely room to grow on defense and at the faceoff dot. But for being a rookie, I mean, to me at least, it's hard not to be satisfied with what we saw from P.S. Suter this season. Uh, he was a bit streaky from time to time, I will admit, but again, those stretches happen to rookies and young players in this league, and in the nights that he was on and he was bringing his A game, Suter looked pretty good out there for the Hawks, so 
I think a B-plus is a more than fair grade for Pia Suter and his impact on the Blackhawks in 2021. All right, that takes care of Pia Suter's 2021 season recap segment. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to start taking a look at prospects for the 2021 NHL Draft. But first, I need to talk to you all about Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, then there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. So be sure to visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done recapping Pia Suter's 2021 season and giving him a grade for his performance. Moving on now, as I previewed a little bit earlier in the show and also on a couple of episodes last week, it's time to start diving into some of the prospects for the 2021 NHL Draft, mostly the prospects who are projected to be selected right around the area where our Chicago Blackhawks are on the clock at number 11. This was a segment that I really, really enjoyed doing last season before the Hawks went on to select Lucas Reichel at number 17. So uh, hopefully I'll find another prospect that I really like this year and then uh, just maybe he'll be the right guy when the Blackhawks roll around at number 11. So the first prospect I'm going to take a look at is 18-year-old Swedish forward Fabian Liesel, who has been ranked by TSN's Bob McKenzie as the 12th best player overall in this draft class. And by some others, we do see Liesel as high as uh, number three and number five, but the consensus for the most part for Liesel seems to be somewhere right around uh, 9, 10, and 11, that area by most of the major scouts and ranking sites and whatnot. So for the Blackhawks, obviously at number 11, they are right there in the mix for Liesel. Possibly if he does fall past those, uh, those final few teams in the top 10 of the draft, which I do think could be a possibility because Liesel kind of had uh, a weird and wacky year in 2020-2021. First, he began the season once again playing for uh, Frolunda's Junior Club over in Sweden. Liesel was playing for the 20-year-old junior team. And in 11 games there, he had three goals and 10 assists for 13 points, despite 
not really playing a major role for his team. And because of that, because he wanted a larger role and felt, you know, he could uh, could possibly go up a level and make an impact in the top league, the SHL in Sweden, because of that, somewhere, uh, you know, near the midway point of the year or possibly a little bit earlier, apparently Lee Sell got him out of that situation. Uh, he got himself, excuse me, out of that situation with Frolunda, um, either requesting a trade or uh, just kind of facilitated a transfer, as I said, to kind of go up and try and be a factor somewhere in the SHL, which is the top professional league over in Sweden. And after the transfer, uh, Liesel landed with Lulia, I believe, I hope I didn't botch that, um, but a, a team in the SHL where he went on to play 26 games as a 17-year-old, registering uh, registering just two goals and one assist for three points while playing mostly in a uh, fourth line or bottom six role. So maybe not quite the uh, the, line, the ice time or, or, or the productivity that Liesel had imagined in the big leagues. But still, you know, for him being a 17-year-old already playing in a men's league, I mean, that's exactly what we saw out of Lucas Reichel. That's the exact same... Uh, route that he took over in Germany. So, you know, maybe that's something the Blackhawks like to see out of their younger players. Um, I know they would definitely like to see Lee Sell produce a little bit more at that level, but when he was playing against anyone even close to his own age, I mean, the talent was on full display. In the World Juniors this past year, Lee Sell had nine points in seven games played. I believe it was three goals and six assists. I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, he served as a major factor for that team and actually helped uh, Sweden upset the host Team USA and uh, went on to win a bronze medal. And also in the past, looking at some of uh, Lee Sell's numbers, just lit up the U16 and the U18 leagues over in Sweden. And by the way, watching the highlights on this kid, I, I seriously recommend you go and do so because he has got some clear-cut talent. The first thing that stands out to me about Fabian Liesel are the first two things, I should say, are his speed. That's number one. And number two is his ability to make plays happen from all around the net. He uses his speed and his edges so well in transition that he seems to be a threat, you know, whenever he has the puck on his stick and is skating to the outside. He also has uh, incredible vision and really good awareness where he knows where his teammates are going to be w without, you know, um, e even... It's like he has eyes in the, in the back of his head, basically. He uses his edges and speed to get to the outside. He wraps around the net, and then he either tries to tuck it home or as he drives outside, you know, he, he's trying to make a pass somewhere into the seam to find his teammates. He's got really good vision and does uh, a really good job of doing that. The skating, though, I mean, it, it has to be the most impressive part for me because there are very few prospects that I have looked at that have the, escated, have the skating ability that Lee Sell does. And I really think, you know, for the Blackhawks, that's an area they have to improve upon. I know you always want more playmakers and more goal scorers, but 
well, first off, Liesel can certainly get the job done there. Um, I think, um, I, I just think he has, when you're picking at a middle round pick, not, not so early in the draft, you want guys to have other areas of their games developed. Because let's say the offensive skill set doesn't pan out as projected to be in Quite frankly, that does happen to kids in this range sometimes. The offensive side of them just doesn't pan out at the NHL level, whether it's the speed or the vision or the puck handling, whatever it may be. But if they have other areas of their game that are developed, that kind of makes you feel more comfortable if the if the offensive side of things doesn't work out because that then they still can serve as a value to your team. And that's what I feel about Fabian Liesel's speed. I'm not questioning the offensive side of his game at all. I do believe he can be an effective top six player at the NHL level, but he also uses his speed so well and is so fast that it it helps other areas of of his game. Like when I read about his defense and watch his highlights, everyone talks about, and it's clear also in the tape, that his speed on the back check it it really does help him out. And um, even though most scouts have kind of dubbed him to be an average defender, that's not a bad thing at this point of his career. Let's not forget, you know, 17, 18 years old, those are the areas where these kids can still develop a little bit more. So just because Lee Sell, he has that other aspect of his game. And as I just talked about, that's an area the Blackhawks need to improve upon. You know, I think... His skating makes him even more of a weapon. Um, He has the ability to be dangerous without the puck on his stick, and that's something the Blackhawks really need to add to their forward department. And also, just looking at the NHL as a whole, the league is seemingly only getting faster and faster every year. And to me, Fabian Liesel has that pace already where he could play at the NHL level. The skating is there 100%. In the hands, in the offensive game, you know, I expect that to follow suit as well. He is a little bit more of a playmaker than a natural goal scorer, but the awareness and the skill set, you know, to make the tight pass, he has that ability. And hopefully um, the goal scoring, you know, that should only get better and better as he kind of develops and gets stronger as well. Um, I know I know this is only the first kid I've looked at for the 2021 NHL draft, but Fabian Liesel could already be one of my favorites by just simply watching his highlight reels because offensively, I don't think there's a question about what he can do at the NHL level. If all goes well, Liesel is going to be a first liner for a team in the future. I really believe that. The only areas of concern for me really stem from his lack of size and strength a little bit. But when those areas are the biggest weakness for someone going this high in the draft, you know, two areas that can be improved upon well easier than some others, you know, when that happens, I tend to believe that those players wind up figuring it out in that aspect and, you know, kind of go on to become a a strong player at the next level. But looking at Liesel, the concern for me is, at least from a Blackhawks standpoint, He's only 5 foot 10 and about 170 pounds. Yes, only 18 though, so of course there's still plenty of time to put on a little bit of muscle, but he's probably not going to be bigger than 5 foot 10 
five foot eleven. And why I say this concerns me is because the Blackhawks, they just they don't have any size whatsoever. They really don't. And looking at the NHL this season, I believe I saw this on Twitter the other day, but three of the four heaviest teams in the league find themselves in the Stanley Cup semifinals. So, um, you know, so even though some smaller guys are t- going earlier in the first round and um, the game is kind of growing for smaller players, I still think you need size to get it done come playoff time. I mean, go and look at the St. Louis Blues from two years ago. I mean, they just burrowed their way through everybody. They were absolutely massive. And the Blackhawks, they don't have any of that. So that's why I'm a little bit concerned with Fabian Liesel. Even though scouts have said um, defensively there, there's nothing really to be worried about, I just wonder if the Blackhawks want to go with another player that can add both size and skill for this forward group because they just don't have a whole lot of either. Um, but aside from that, Lee Sell, I really think he has the ability to be a strong top six forward in the NHL. If he falls through the top 10 in the draft, man, the Blackhawks certainly have a tough decision on their hands because the skill and the speed certainly is there for Fabian Liesel. But I do believe being only five foot ten and well under 200 pounds could shy the Hawks away from drafting him at number 11 in the 2021 NHL draft later this summer. All right, there is my breakdown of 2021 NHL draft prospect Fabian Liesel. Coming up in just a moment, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, and now they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like their other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L and LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. I also need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is back, the NBA and NHL playoffs are getting down to it, UFC is in full swing all year round, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today 
and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I just finished my scouting report on 2021 NHL draft prospect Fabian Liesel. Now, to wrap things up on the show here today, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. First, though... Before I answer the opening question on the show, I wanted to be sure to mention real quick that when I tweeted out my uh, Mailbag Monday piece on Twitter over the weekend asking people for their questions, I had at BearsFan1235 ask me who my top five is for the Blackhawks in the upcoming NHL draft. Well, Dan H or BearsFan1235 as your Twitter handle states, um, I'm just starting to get into all of the prospects for the 2021 NHL draft. So once I get through, you know, 10 or 15 of them in the next few weeks, in the next few weeks here, I promise I will return to this question and will give you my honest answer. But right now, at the moment, I really don't have a top five because I still got lots of digging and diving to do before uh, coming to that conclusion. So Dan or Bears fan 1235 uh, I appreciate you asking that question, and I promise in a few weeks I'll be sure to answer that, and uh, I'll be sure to tag your Twitter handle to make sure that you're able to see it once it does come out. But the first real question I want to answer today comes from at Chris underscore Brown1 on Twitter, who asked, what is the future for a guy like Malcolm Subban? Well, I honestly am not sure that the full story on Subban for his NHL career has uh, has been told up yet to this point. And what I mean by that is I still think we need to see Subban play a bit more consistently before we can make real any real judgments on his future. At the same time, though, I, I it's tough because he is already 27 years old. Not that it's not old by any means, especially for a goaltender, but... He has been bouncing around a little bit in the NHL the last few seasons, and he was a former first-round pick, so um, it's it's a tough spot to be for him. Now, the the question I really think that's out there for Subban is, is the reason that he bounced around the last few years because he's just not a starting goalie in this league, or is it because... When he's been given his limited opportunities, he just hasn't shown enough. You know what I'm saying? Um, although I am kind of inclined to lean a little bit towards the former, uh, but I will say the latter is it's not completely out of the situation. And that's why I think, you know, the Blackhawks, they kind of are going to have a hard time deciding between Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban this offseason, assuming they want to even part ways with one of those two guys. But with Kevin Lankin in the mix in there as well, 
Obviously, he's the 1A at the moment. I just don't think you need both Delia and Subban. Um, they, they both have had stretches where uh, they've proven that they can get it done at the NHL level, but neither have been able to do it consistently up to this point. And as I said, that's been the biggest question with Subban. Has, is it just we haven't given him enough of an opportunity to show that he can do it consistently? Like, do we need to give him a, a 20, 30-game stretch of a fresh start, kind of? Or has he been bouncing around teams because he, he just doesn't have it? That's the million-dollar question. But if I had to guess, you know, Chris, I feel like for Subban, the, ba- the bag's already a little bit out there, a little bit more than it is for a guy like Colin Delia. So as for what... Subban's future again if I had to guess I personally would say that the Blackhawks try and trade him this summer you know before the final year of his contract expires uh next year and I would imagine that he'll probably go on another team and uh probably either start as their backup or their third stringer trying to kind of fight his way into a backup role in training camp um Don't get me wrong, though, you know, I do think, I've talked on the show plenty this past season, I do think Subban has the talent where he he could be, uh, as a backup, that could be a little bit of a luxury for a team in the NHL, but I'm, I'm not completely sold on him yet because we just haven't seen the consistency, we haven't seen him been... Uh, all that solid on a game-to-game basis. He'll he'll go and he'll have stretches where it's like, oh, Subban just had a, a, he stopped 34 of 35. And then the next game, it's like he stopped 20 of 26 and looks horrible. So I'm just not sold on him yet because we haven't seen it consistently. And another troublesome part of that is uh, a lot of his struggles since he's come to Chicago, a lot of those bad nights, you know, could also be pinned on the Blackhawks and their defense. So, but the counter to that, I guess you could say, is that Subban also didn't look very good in his time with the Vegas Golden Knights, who have been one of the top teams in the NHL since they became a franchise a few years back. So, to wrap this up, for me, Chris, I personally think the Blackhawks do part ways with Malcolm Subban this summer. Um, at least that's the choice I would make if I were calling the shots from the front office. And then I think Colin Delia serves as Kevin Lankinen's backup heading into training camp this fall. The second question I want to answer today comes from at Cole underscore Wyatt on Twitter, who asked, if Jesper Wallstead is available to draft at number 11, will the Blackhawks take him or will they trade down to try and get more picks? That's an interesting question, Cole. First off, though, if Wallstead, you know, a, a, the top goaltender in this draft and a guy that a lot of people have going either, you know, somewhere between 5 and 10, if he's there for the Blackhawks at number 11, I mean, I think it would be pretty hard for them not to take him. Again, the top goaltender of this draft class, and if you flash back to the 2020 NHL draft, less than one year ago, there were clips that leaked on, I guess not leaked, they weren't really leaked, they were put out there by NBC Sports, and I'm sure the Blackhawks gave approval, but uh, it was like a month or two after the draft, there were like clips going on showing conversations that Stan Bowman was having with the scouting and the drafting team, and also with other GMs, and one conversation that was pretty 
significant to Stan Bowman and the Hawks was they were trying to trade up with the Nashville Predators and get goaltender Yaroslav Askarov, who, of course, was the top goaltender in last year's draft. I know in the second round, the Hawks went on to pick uh, Drew Camesso, but at the same time, if they have an opportunity to get a guy like Jesper Wallstead at number 11, I know that gives them uh, a little, maybe a little bit too much of goaltender depth, but I don't know if there's a team in the NHL who would mind having that problem. Like, that is not a bad problem to have at all. So for the Blackhawks, if Wallstead is there, I personally would pick him at number 11, but if they aren't wanting to go that route, I think um, then I would definitely try and trade down, you know, just a couple of spots, get some picks, and then still come away with a really solid player in the first round of this upcoming NHL draft. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, June 14th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as, as, soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.